Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program. If you feel being happy, committed and passionate about your career is important, you're in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged and the Master of Me coaching program, Stuart Hayes. Richie Rich. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. Mate, I, I am actually uh, slightly nervous and slightly excited and just generally quite uh, buoyant about the prospect of this interview today. Well, why don't you tell us about it's, it's, today's It's new guest. territory. It's new territory. <laughs> you and I have done 40-odd interviews of some wonderful people uh, over the past 12 months, and today I get a chance to interview someone who is very close to me uh, and someone who, without any question, is one of my all-time great and closest friends of my life. He started off studying marketing, went to New York, went into the advertising industry, decided that wasn't for him, returned to Australia, picked up a guitar, learned to play it, because although he felt drawn to, to being a muso, he couldn't play a guitar at this stage. By the time he'd finished, he had played more than 2,500 gigs as a singer and guitarist, played with many of Australia's top musicians, and then moved on to start the Instinct Entertainment business. And Rich, you know who I'm talking about, because my friend, it is you. Rich Sayer, welcome. It's my great, great pleasure to have you join me on Careers Unplugged. <laughs> it is funny, isn't it? It's very funny, mate. It's very funny. And, you, I, and that's probably the worst introduction I've ever done to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great pleasure to be on the show, Stu. Mate, there's so many things that um, I could have added to that, you know, so many stories uh, that go back such a long way. I mean, we met at high school, mm. and I sort of to some degree feel that, that the journey of this story should go right back to that point. Um, I mean, you were someone when I first met you who had a great deal of enthusiasm. Um, talk to me, you know, where, did, where do you think the, where did the foundations of your career begin? Boy, foundations of my career. Well, as we know, you know, the career is a, a verb or a noun. Um, I guess the, the foundations of my career comes from an, an attitude because I haven't uh, had a career, so to speak, that was uh, I'm going to become a doctor, learn medicine and then practice medicine. It, it, my, my career has been less um, linear than that. Um, so you're, you're more along the verb. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it hasn't been a straight line. There's been a lot of uh, changes over the years. And, uh, but, but the enthusiasm that you mention um, is always underneath everything. You know, I think uh, my very first business, so to speak, was selling mum's cookies from my, from my locker at boarding school. Um, I think that was... I was 14, so... Yeah, I think the foundations of my business go back, go back to that. But what, what was it that was driving you at that point? Now, why did you start a business when you're at boarding school? Oh, my pocket money wasn't cutting it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just have a, have a passion. Freedom. Yeah, I had a passion to, to be an entrepreneur and to, to create opportunity, you know, to, to explore opportunity once you go, hey, I could do this whatever it was 
Um, I mean, well, we had... Why we had your mum's cookies? I mean, you know... Because like, oh, they, they were bang up good. They were sort of an oatmeal cookie. This is before Mrs. Fields and all that sort of thing. And I was even going to start registered business name, me mum's cookies. <laughs> and... Uh, and I was selling them from the locker room, and uh, and I think I made about six hundred dollars. Yeah, and that, this is back when I was on on five dollars a week pocket money or something like that. And uh, and then the school shut me down because I was taking money away from the tuck shop. <laughs> <laughs> so at that at that early stage, um, I mean, you said the first thing I, I asked you about it was, you mm. know sort of leaned in towards did you believe in the product and you obviously did is it has it always been the case for you that you've had to believe in what you do to have that attitude yeah I think you have to otherwise why are you doing it life's too short um and you think back to one of our first adventures into business together doing Ferris Bueller t-shirts it wasn't a case of you know we're going to change the world with these t-shirts but we believed it was damn good fun to do it it was bloody good fun. And, yeah. So, I mean, not everything is um, serious in life. You know, fun is an important aspect of it. But you've got to believe, I think, or I have to believe in what I'm doing. I wonder if that's anchored. I mean, you, you know, you talked about early on, uh, the, I asked about the foundation of your career. You said mm. it, that, that attitude was key. And then you extended that and sort of talked about the attitude of enthusiasm. Mm. Um, you know, talk about that. Is can you can you be enthusiastic about something that you don't believe in? I mean, have you found that in your career? Um, no, no. I think it's very hard to be enthusiastic about something you don't believe in, um, unless you're a fictional writer and you're you're writing a story that you know you don't believe. Well, I'm just being being silly now. Um, no, I, I think you absolutely have to believe in something to be enthusiastic and. You know, enthusiasm is, uh, as you know, one of my big, big talking points. I just think it's a driver of, of so many positive things. And, uh, you know, it comes from the word ethos, spirit. And so when you're enthusiastic about what you're doing, you're connecting to your spirit. And to deny something you're enthusiastic is to disconnect from your spirit. So for me, enthusiasm is absolutely critical. I mean, there's a lot of uh, people out there who will go into a career because it will pay well, mm. you know. And uh, as you know, for me, it's about being passionate about what you do. I know that it's very rare for me to ever sleep in. I get up pretty early and I work pretty late because I'm loving what I'm doing. It's not really work, it's tasks. And I'm just doing those tasks. So just on, uh, you know, the, the enthusiasm thing, um, which, which obviously gives you that drive or it helps make it easier to get up to, mm. and, and you without question have uh, a work ethic that is equal to anyone that I've ever seen, no mm. question. Um, it, it's, it's a funny observation that I'm just having as we talk, you know, that, that sometimes our gifts as people can also um, be be our blind spots to some degree so for you in terms of um your personality you are an enthusiastic person so partly you know of course you would think that um enthusiasm is a central theme but but equally when you talk about um the, you know the real deeper meaning of enthusiasm which is that that it's an inspiration from your higher self or your spirit mm. um 
that when you are truly enthusiastic about something, that it is actually because you're accessing something much bigger in the world, you know, so, or a bigger part of you, you know, a higher self. Yeah, I think so. I've... Have you, I mean, do you feel that? We've never talked about this, by the way. Yeah. No, no, I really do. I mean, you know, different, different stages in my life, I've been very enthusiastic about different things. I mean, you know, I remember being enth- very enthusiastic about uh, girls when I was <laughs> 15, you know, because uh, coming in... I think from- I met you around that time and you were... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a shared enthusiasm. Yeah. Look, I mean, you know... Um, I think you put it really nicely. If you believe in something and you're enthusiastic about it, I mean, that, that's a powerful combination. It's, it's, um, it's like you, know, you believe in something and you're committed to something and you're enthusiastic about it. Now, you're, now it's really, really the, the trifecta because that commitment as a result of your belief in whatever it is and the enthusiasm, it's, it's, it's pretty hard not to be driven and, and to get... And this is actually, you know, if when, you talk, when you talk about um, most modern motivational thinking, the sort of stuff that, that I look at at uh, Stuart Hayes Leadership, mm. you know, it's that combination of um, a person's belief in, that they're moving towards something that's much bigger than themselves and even much bigger than the company they work for mm. uh, and that they can see themselves chipping away at it progressively that actually helps them be most motivated mm. um, which sort of sounds like what you're saying you know the, yeah. the, the, so has it always been um, a case that Rich has always been enthusiastic about everything have you had to do things in your career that you haven't been enthusiastic about oh of course um, absolutely absolutely I remember being at university and uh, uh, you know struggling for bucks and at one point, I got a job in a telemarketing company. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did a couple of them, and it was just so horrible. Um, so how do, you, how do you get through that sort of thing when, you, when well, you're not enthusiastic about it? Well, the pay per hour was good at that time, and I really needed the money. And I remember thinking, this is so motivating, because it's motivating me to go and find something better <laughs> than, than this. So the pain of going to work every day and the discomfort of picking up the phone and making those phone calls that I really didn't believe in and didn't want to be doing, that absolutely motivated me to, to find something better, which, which I did. And, and uh, that actually uh, uh, happens throughout life. I mean, you know, you're you know as well as anyone when you're running a business there are tasks that need to be done that aren't always you know joyful and uh you know you have tough days in small business just like you have good days and and yeah you just got to take the good with the bad i guess well i was going to ask you that i mean you know when you're in a business um with with a small number of employees that does such a massive amount of activities the pressure is always on Mm. Um, but also you need to step in and do things. Um, clearly, some of the things that you would rather not do so, or that you're less than enthusiastic about, um, but they've got to get done. So how does, it, how does that work with this whole enthusiasm theme? Well, I think you're enthusiastically solving problems. Problems arise. But um, I've come to think that I'm in the business of thinking and 
you know, I remind myself thinking is the business I'm in. doesn't matter where, what I'm applying it to or what business activity, whether we're delivering entertainment or an event or I'm in another business venture with you or, 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 or with someone else. Um, you just got to solve the problems. And sometimes those problems, you, you wish they weren't there, but, you know, getting to the end of the problem or, or solving the problem, preferably for a profit, um, yeah. is... Is what I'm enthusiastic about as well. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a dynamic I was talking about yesterday with the group. Actually, the whole concept that a lot of people, um, when they start a business, they often leave a career or a job, and they mm-hmm. go in, they go down a pathway because they have a passion for something. But what happens is when they get into the business, they find that eighty um, percent of the things they need to do are not the things they're passionate about, and they normally. Uh, take up 80% of the time because they're not passionate about them, therefore they, they don't know how to do them well, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my observation of you with instinct has been that you have um, been incredible at systemizing the business so that it can punch above its weight. You know, it's, it's a very, very streamlined organization. Um, I'm wondering, those systems you put in place, were they sort of in the areas that you naturally were challenged by? Was that the way you got around? Was that, was that your, your problem solving? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there was, there was things that were mundane and monotonous and time-consuming. Well, they're pretty powerful words, aren't they? Mundane, monotonous, time-consuming. I mean, no one wants to be stuck in that space. No. So anything uh, that we've developed here, obviously we've developed you know, software systems and other bits and pieces that, that have helped streamline the business, as you say, has been about reducing that aspect of the tasks. And so more time can be spent doing, serving the customer. Now, when you talk about you know, the 80% of the tasks um, that, the, that a person going into new business discovers is not what they're, they're passionate about, you know, and maybe there's 20%. I think you're being generous because think, <laughs> think, think about a movie producer. He might spend six years knocking on doors trying yep. to get the finance before he can start shooting that film. Well, a lot of, um, a lot of moments in my career have been like that. You know, you spend a lot of time to to find a customer, to pitch to a customer, to win the customer. Delivering the event or the entertainment, that's easy. Mm. You know, getting to the point where you have the right to, to do it, that, that's more challenging. So I think a lot of, lot of uh, business, that would be the case. I mean, you know, so I guess why salespeople are paid well compared to, to many other people uh, out there in the marketplace because a lot of it's... it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So change, change the direction for a sec. Um, yeah. You mentioned early on that, that you'd had a couple of, um, of chapters, if you like, of your career. Mm. Um, you've, had, you've had some, I guess when I look back, there's been two or three very clear turning points. And what I'd like to do is to go back to the turning points to find out what it was that really motivated you to change direction in the ways you did. So, you know, firstly... Uh, you're in New York, you're in the ad industry, life is good, yep. and you sort of start to feel, you know what, I want to, I want to become a musician. Um, why? <laughs> what happened there? Uh, look, there's a couple of stories involved in that. Um, 
One is that I was in New York with, uh, with my good friend Steve. We were both working mm. over there, and Steve got ill. He got Bell's palsy. Okay. And uh, that was a big driver to come home uh, because he needed to come home. But leading up to that point as well, I'd uh, been going to some pretty cool bars and things. You know, I was 25. I was in New York, you know, so there's some pretty cool bars and seeing some awesome live bands. <clears throat> and there was a guy called Bill Perry, really good musician. He sort of played like Stevie Ray Vaughan and he sang like Otis Redding and... And I saw him three nights in a row. This guy was a monster. He was so talented. And, you know, I'd be standing up the front, drooling, looking at this guy play guitar, and he kept offering me an opportunity to come up and jam with him at this gig. And I was totally terrified because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I just didn't have the skills. Yeah. I didn't have the skills, and, and I, was, I would have embarrassed myself and him. But I was grateful that he was... Indicating to his towards his spare guitar on the stage, come on, get up and play. And uh, I cried myself to sleep one night, and then I I woke up the next day and went, wow, that was a an overwhelmingly emotional response. You cried yourself to sleep. Why? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I woke up the next morning going, wow, I was very emotional uh, about something last night. I was I was crying because I really wanted to get up and play, and I really wanted to be a person that could do that and I was scared and uh, the response manifested in tears and anyway and that that really was a, a turning point and um, and then coming back to Australia of course uh, I decided not to pursue marketing as much or I actually went into working at, at APRA the Australasian Performing Rights Association thinking that that would help me move into a music career but actually that was a, a very boring job because they were bean counters for royalties mm. basically um but um yeah that, the big turning point really happened in 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 new york and it was because of the influence of seeing a, an amazing live musician that i i went wow i'm passionate about that i want to do that and, uh, I mean, this is during the period, so for those of you listening to this show, Rich and I went to high school together, university, started a business very early on um, at around 17 and um, then we changed, we were in different universities for a period, we lost track of each other for about 10 years um, and I'm really, really interested in this story. So you, you've gone off, you've, you've Picked the guitar up, gone to lessons, presumably, and then gradually, what happened? You well, what, I, did you climb onto a stage <laughs> for the first time? Well, I went. When you say went to lessons, I went berserk on lessons. So, I found a, a very good guitar teacher. Uh, I found a bunch of guys to start jamming with, and and they were all better than me, which is the way to go. And just learn from people who were better than me. Somehow, they tolerated my 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 poor playing. Uh, and I learnt rapidly, and I practiced like a madman. I I, I know uh, when we interviewed Sally Cooper, you know, she talks about the yeah. hours of, of commitment. I, I was practicing about eight hours a day, three hundred and sixty-five days a year for about four years, uh, just non-stop. I I had calluses on my <clears> finger, <throat> and I had to, of course, live during that time. So I was extremely disciplined. Um, I would, you know, earn money, go to a job, come home, practice. There wasn't anything else going on at that time for me. And uh, 
Actually, when I first got on the stage, it was probably only a, a year in, but I was terrible still. But <laughs> but uh, but I was having well, but I was like having fun. Gig or? No, yeah, original bands. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. all that sort of thing. I mean, you know, was I wasn't performing in you know commercially at that point. Um, but anyway, look, that, that's that's that phase of my life. And I sort of, I mean, I sort of um, re-encountered you when you were nearing the end of that. You were, you just released a CD. Yep. Uh, still very active as a as a musician. Um, you were forming um, what is now Instinct. Mm. Um, what what was it that really got that turning point happening for you? Oh, sure. Okay, so. There's a, there's a stage in between actually. So you know, I was I was performing, and for a while there, I um, I didn't want to go back into a professional job like marketing or advertising because I felt I needed all the time to practice. So I got a job as a barman yeah. and yeah. Uh, in Albert Park actually, and uh, and uh, that was a sort of lifestyle period <laughs> I call because I, I really <laughs> I was having a lot of fun and. Um, and then I, I actually got an opportunity to to work with another agent, um, uh, Real Entertainment. And um, look, to be honest, I learned a lot of what not to do there. Uh, I was just bored, intellectually bored. You know, even though I was playing music and learning music and I loved all the mathematics that I had learnt by studying the maths of music, I was looking for more intellectual stimulation. And uh, so that led to learning about, you know, the business side of, of music a bit more and, and uh, that, of course, benefited the band that I was in and then, and then uh, that grew and that was the birth of instinct, so to speak. So that was the sort of turning point there that, that I could play, as a cover musician, I could go out and play night after night. We're playing largely the same material. It wasn't that challenging during the day. And I wasn't one to sit and watch daytime television, so, so I became enthusiastic about learning the other aspects of the business. So what next, Rich? Uh, for instinct or for me? Yeah, for you. For me? Um, don't really know. I think, um, you know, I'm, I've enjoyed um, some adventures with you working on this podcast show, um, contributing and that sort of thing. Certainly Instinct is a huge part of my life. We've now grown into an, a, a full, fully-fledged event company as well as the entertainment agency. And I mean, you know, just, just you're being very humble. Mm. Um, would you like to share some of the, uh, the, the great things you've been working on, or shall I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you know, um, we're, we look after tradesmen. You know, we, we, yes, we can book, um, you know, famous recording artists. Um, uh, but largely what we do is we put together events for clients and that's everything from the entertainment to these days, uh, sourcing a venue, finding the catering, designing the sets, the theming, decorations, decor, styling, even sending out the invites and designing the invitations sometimes. So, so it's, it's really hands on. And, and it comes back to that thing I said earlier about solving problems. Um, the better you get at something, the bigger problems you get to solve. And I hope that that continues to the day I die, actually. I really don't see myself ever retiring, so to speak. I think that I just enjoy solving problems. So 
life has a habit of bringing up some problems, and I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that will continue. So I think that's the future for me, that I'll just keep solving problems as best I can. Well, here's a question for you. I mean, mm. have you noticed a pattern in the problems that you need to solve, you know, that are coming up? Uh, well, sure. I mean, you know, the, patterns, the pattern of the problems that I solve within my business is because of the nature of my business. So, you know. <laughs> what, about, what about for you, though, in terms of the challenges that, I mean, for me in my life, um, I, I seem to encounter the same wolf in different clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different magnitudes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have you sort of found that to be the case too? Oh, I, I know what you're saying. Um, look... Yes, in the guise that time and time and time again, you dis- I have discovered that I'm my own worst enemy uh, and that manifests itself in different forms. Getting out of my own way maybe is, uh, is something that you know, I- I've continually had to do or uh, notice that I've tripped over and when I look back and see what I've tripped over, I go, oh, I tripped over myself. <laughs> um, um, for sure, those sorts of things happen, but... But uh, no, I think that the, the problems that present itself in to me are, are, are changing. You know, yeah, there's different things that occur. Life, life's still exciting, Stu. You know, like uh, I, I must say that. Um, I mean, that that spirit of enthusiasm is something that I think uh, defines you. Really, I mean, I've known you for uh, what I think not in. 86 or 87 we first um, met each other and you've been enthusiastic and and have sustained your enthusiasm all the way through Mm. um well you talk about turning points i'll just say on those turning points another big turning point for me was it was at my wedding and actually it was my father's speech and he's and in his speech at my wedding he said the one thing i've always admired about rich is he turns left at the intersection where a lot of us drive through and look back over our shoulder and say oh i should have turned over there and as he said it, I knew that that was the end of my playing career and I was really going to drive instinct and, and grow, grow that side of the business. And it was an instant realisation. Um, so when he's ta- what he's talking about is that you would just take action and turn in a direction? Correct. Yeah. Um, and I guess that comes back to that thing of believing. You, you asked me if I have to believe in it to be enthusiastic about it. Yep. Um, I can look at my songwriting career and I think I just reached a point there where I no longer believed uh, that that was for me and I lost all enthusiasm for it as, and, and then mm. found a new dream to throw myself 100% because I'm, I'm definitely a, a 100% guy. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the golden nugget that you would give to someone who wanted to break into the music career or even just start a business? Golden nugget for someone to break into the music career is probably think again um, because it's a really tough career and it's really hard to make a living in that space. Um, but if you're passionate about it, then then find a niche within it um, rather than trying to just be the same. You've really got to try and find a specific niche. And I've met many successful people in the music industry that have found a, a very small niche but done really well out of it. Someone in, wanting to start a business, I reckon the best advice is find a business that's exactly the same and go and work for them first. Get paid to learn. Get paid to learn if you really, really, really like it. 
because it's an expensive mistake to get into a business and discover you don't like it. Um, if you want to be a baker, go and work in a bakery and find out what's, how it all works. And you learn, you know, who are the suppliers, who are the customers, what's involved, what are the hours, what are the tasks. I think that's, that's my gold nugget. Well, I think uh, a bloody wise bit of advice, and I have to say that Rani was uh, making that observation to me this morning. <laughs> there you go. So you've, you've had a, a rich career, pardon the pun. <laughs> boom, boom. Um, you know, you've, you've been a musician, you've worked in New York, you've, uh, you've got a thriving business at Instinct, you've contributed to a podcast um, you know, you're, you're happily married, uh, life is good. Um, you know, you've, you've, you've got a, a future where you, you know, you're wanting to make a, a contribution through your business. You love solving problems. Um, I'm in awe, mate. I don't even know. And, and, and in part, you know, the reason we're having this conversation today is because your focus and commitment to instinct is that you are going to be stepping away a little bit from Careers Unplugged. Is there anything you'd like to reflect on uh, in the journey of Careers Unplugged that people have interviewed? Boy, yeah, absolutely. Every single person we've interviewed has, has an amazing story. Uh, some are funnier than others. Uh, some are quicker-witted than others. But every person that we've interviewed has had an amazing story. The thing that... I found with all of these successful people has been resilience to overcome obstacles, but mostly self-love. You know, I think that most people that are really successful at some point have said, you're all right when they're looking in the mirror. And that sort of self-affection um, has allowed them to flourish where I think a lot of people beat themselves up. I think that a lot of mm. the successful people have just let that go of that, that negative voice in their head and they've said, hey, I'm doing this, let's just do it the best we can. Whatever this is, whether that's being a stand-up comedian, playing a violin or running a multinational corporation. I, I mean, know. there's no question we've had people who've uh, gone through some very dark times. Um, but, uh, you know, look, I haven't reflected on that as a point, but... Um, mm. I think it's essential, looking back and thinking of the people we've interviewed. Mm. Um, wow. Well, thanks for sharing that, mate. What else would you get from... Uh, from that's your highlight from the, the CU the interview so far? Oh. Takeaway, sorry, not, not your highlight, but uh, your big takeaway. Oh, I don't think there's ever been one highlight. I think every interview has brought highlights. You know, you think of the, the wisdom that we've got from each person, you know, the... Uh, the Either the, the fact that, you know, half of the populace of successful people seem to be goal setters and the other half go with the no plan plan, you mm. know, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. The no plan plan. I actually caught up with the no plan planner yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, commitment. Think of, you know, Father Bob Maguire. Um, look, you know, I think, I think that... Uh, that getting over the dark times everyone has obstacles i mean you know my, my life has not been uh easy uh you reflected earlier on my work ethic you know your best physical effort 
mm. is required and sometimes yeah. it's 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 a lot of hard work and you know getting over uh family difficulties you know uh, uh, financial difficulties, whatever it is. I mean, you know, problems manifest themselves in, in many guises. Um, but, you know, that ability to... Uh, that self, uh, uh, self-love, self I think, is critical to being able to overcome those obstacles, whatever they are. Well, Rich, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, certainly for listeners, this is not the last time you'll hear Rich on the show, but uh, certainly for me... Um, I'm really, really grateful. Uh, I, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? We've sort of run out of time. <sighs> well, it's, it's funny being on the other side of the interview, I've got to say, Stu. <laughs> you know? It's very funny. I mean, I, we, 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 both of us were interviewed on a show recently and, uh, and I, I also understand that perspective. <laughs> yeah. In no, any case. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show, Stu. And to all of you at home, in the car, or wherever you are, thanks for joining us. We hope that the sharing from Rich today has, is going to help you in some way. And of course, make sure you go to careersunplugged.com to check out all the guests and all the great bits and pieces of information. Make a point of going to iTunes to the podcast section and give this episode a five-star rating. Do it for Rich. This has been Careers Unplugged with Rich and Stu. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.